Spotlights is a series of online events and publications focusing on a particular group of victims and survivors who are often hidden from services. As part of our spotlight on homelessness and domestic abuse, my colleague Deirdre has met with Ali Vernon, a specialist who supports children affected by domestic abuse. In her interview, Ali talks about the impact of homelessness and domestic abuse on children and what children need to overcome the trauma of these experiences. We hope you find the interview as interesting as we have. Thank you for joining me to speak about homelessness and domestic abuse. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, I think an aspect of domestic abuse and homelessness that is often overlooked is how it's experienced by children. Can you talk to me, first of all, about some of the work that you have done and do currently do with children affected by domestic abuse and how they might be experiencing homelessness as well? So until very recently I was uh, working as a play lead in our children and family refuges um, and that involved running play sessions for children who were in refuge and also family sessions so that was for mothers and uh, younger children in refuge. Now my work uh, focuses more on um, one-to-one work with children who have um, been affected by domestic abuse, um, meeting them for weekly sessions mm-hmm. to focus on exploring the abuse and having a safe space to talk about what's happened. Um, I also assist with our group work for children who are affected by domestic abuse, um, and that's a, a weekly programme uh, for groups of children coming together to explore the issue as well. Um, obviously, my role in refuge came into contact with um, a lot of children who were made homeless because of um, fleeing domestic abuse. So essentially, all families who came in to refuge were were homeless. Um, and actually, one thing that we really don't think when we think of a, a women's refuge, we think of it as a women's refuge, and we don't really think that um, actually the majority of refuge residents are children. In fact, mm. because a, a mother might flee um, with several children, so children are actually the majority residents in, in refuges in, um, in the UK and that I think really isn't thought about enough because often refuges aren't set up for, um, for children enough really and there isn't enough um, support for them whilst they're in there. We're not taking into account the massive upheaval that it is for children who are leaving, perhaps very suddenly leaving um, leaving their home, leaving uh, family members, pets. It's a really huge source of um, pain for children is leaving behind family pets, leaving behind all their toys. They might have moved schools, might be leaving everything they know, all trusted adults that they've had, all their friends, family members, um, to go and live in a strange place with other families that they don't know um, and really what a, what a huge upheaval that is in a child's life when they've already experienced a huge trauma of living with um, domestic abuse as well. Yeah. And now in your current role as an outreach worker with mm-hmm. children, these children aren't based within refuge. Um, have they had other experiences of being displaced or made homeless um, because of domestic abuse? 
Yeah, so um, some children that I work with might be staying in the same um, home that they were in, but obviously a lot of them will have to have moved because um, it's not safe for them to stay in that home. They might have had times of um, staying with family members, perhaps staying on... I meet children who stayed on sofas, stayed in spare rooms of a family member or friends for a while, who've had to move around doing that a week here, a week there, um, who might have moved, might have spent a few nights being in hotels... Or in different um, places and then of course we've moved areas so um, not just to a homeless but they've been, been displaced by the domestic abuse which again has a huge effect on um, on their development and on their their well-being yeah what I mean in your work currently and within refuge how have you seen kind of the effects of domestic abuse and homelessness on the children I'm guessing you can't compartmentalize either of them because it's a very big mixture of experiences mm. but kind of how is that displayed in children how does that play out well lots of really varying effects for children and um they um there's a lot of 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 impact there that's displayed in different ways I think it's important to think about the um, the experience of being in refuge for um, for a family for a child. So they might be uh, usually sharing a room, a whole mm-hmm. family sharing a room. So mother up to we um, in my time in refuge, there was a family of six siblings wow. um, in one room with their their mum it might be we have a lot of families of varying ages so for example a teenage boy then sharing with a younger younger sister and then perhaps a baby or a toddler yeah Um, so that's a really you know to think about that as a teenage boy to be sharing a room with your mum and then young younger siblings has a really huge effect um, perhaps on the sleeping we have a lot of children who have problems sleeping because of this sharing rooms with younger siblings or disabled siblings as well um, not being able to have your friends round you obviously not being able to socialise mm. not being able to go out because you're now living a long bus ride away from where all your friends were are. Um, all that has a really huge effect on your on children's um, ability to socialise on their d- development um, developmental stages of being able to um, to enjoy life in a safe home there are then obviously other huge effects um, that, that are felt physically so not just that um, being moved out but we have children who um, who really feel the psychological pain through their bodies so perhaps who are um, experiencing things like incontinence bedwetting um, perhaps feeling um, developing eating disorders is another physical effect mm-hmm. um, also such huge psychological effects for children um, and young people um, living in um, refuge or experiencing homelessness because of domestic abuse um, which might be manifested through their behaviour so lots of um, anxiety anger perhaps withdrawal um, and things that are affected schoolwork um, building friendships forming relationships um, and the list is is very long of of effects from, from this Mm. Um, one thing that we explored in the young people's spotlight is um, kind of how experiencing domestic abuse manifests itself in young people and children one of the ways was um, sometimes aggression towards the parent Mm. who's experienced domestic abuse is that something that you've noticed within the refuge setting or had to deal with through your work yeah definitely some 
so the effects on the um, child-parent relationship um, with the non-abusive parent, um, they really vary as well. Um, we do see quite a lot, particularly perhaps in um, teenage boys or mm-hmm. older boys who um, might start to uh, reenact some of those abusive behaviours, often towards their mother, who mm-hmm. they might blame for all this upheaval in their life, for mm-hmm. them moving, for their, for their situation of homelessness. Um, they might blame her for, think that she's responsible for the abuse, which of course she's not, but um, a lot of confusion about what the abuse is and why that happened might have led to that. Um, or um, they might start to display abusive um, behaviour in their own relationships um, with boyfriends or girlfriends or friendships as well. We see that a lot. But there are other effects as well that children might have on uh, the effects on the relationship between the parent and the, the child. Um, a woman's ability to, or a man's ability to parent when um, having been the victim of domestic abuse is massively, um, could be really particularly undermined by the abuser, yep. made to feel that they're worthless, that they're not a good parent, um, feelings of being put down a lot, it may, all this makes it really hard to parent and therefore often breaks the bonds um, between the parent and child. So some families are also become very divided through um, the effects of domestic abuse. So some siblings might side with one parent and some mm-hmm. with the other. Um, we have families who come into refuge who've left some siblings behind, mm-hmm. which is obviously um, really hard both for the mother and for the other siblings. And there's yeah. a lot of confusion around that, a lot of um, grief and loss of having to leave behind um, one of your um, one of your siblings, um, and. We also see the effect of some children becoming overprotective of their mother or sibling. So it might be the opposite, um, displaying abusive behaviours and then becoming very protective of the non-abusive parent, then becoming very clinging to them, yep. needing that feeling of, of safety as well. So that's another effect on the on the relationship, which can sometimes be hard for the non-abusive parent who's um, trying to recover from their own trauma um, and has a child who really needs extra extra support and protection. And I'm guessing it might be the first time that that parent has had to establish their own method of parenting if they've experienced a lot of um, coercion and control, controlling the child or the relationship with the child. Yeah, hugely. So for a lot, it might be, as you say, the first time um, in their whole child's life that they've been left to, to bring up the child and to have to establish um, what what sort of methods of parenting they actually want to to put into practice, whereas they've been controlled for the for the the rest of their time as a parent, and mm. so they're trying to establish their own sense of identity as a person and as a parent. Um, all of this whilst in perhaps in a foreign and a new environment when they've been made homeless in a new place and really importantly, without the support networks that we all need to bring up a child. Um, often abuse leads to isolation of, of women and children of, mm. or of the, the, non, um, the victim and the children because the perpetrator has really isolated them from friends and family. And this means that we don't always have, you know, we don't see the support needed from other family members, from friends. And from my understanding of 
domestic abuse support and children's support, oftentimes those things are very separate. So the, the support that's offered to a woman is very much based on her experience of domestic abuse. And the support offered to children is their experiences. And it must be hard to kind of think about the family as a whole mm. and how they experience domestic abuse. What do you do um, and what have you done in your role to support children in these environments to help them cope? So in Refuge, um, my main role was um, coordinating the play service, which ran um, play weekly play sessions in the refuges. We also ran family sessions in the refuges, which were really important for, as you said, for that that experiences of, of the mother and, and child together. Um, and this was a session for mums and younger children under fives um, to come together and um, do an, an, a simple activity. And this would give them a chance to reconnect because often the bonds, as we said, of, of between mother and child can be um, can be severed during abuse for those reasons that we discussed. And it's important to um, have opportunities for the child and mum to come together um, and to, to rebond, to reconnect, to share a positive experience yeah. together. Is there kind of um, a child or a family that stands out in your mind as one that you've supported that kind of represents the things that you've been talking about to me? When thinking about uh, children who are affected by homelessness and domestic abuse, it's also really important to think of those children with additional needs um, as well as um, the trauma that they might have suffered through the abuse, they might have other needs as well. So, for example, a family that I worked with who had, um, in which one of the children was autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them, being made homelessness was just so difficult, particularly because of um, the boy's autism. And yeah. that, you know, obviously any change is really difficult for him, but being completely displaced into a whole new area, um, into a whole new building with lots of other people that he didn't know and who didn't understand all of his needs and things was yeah. really particularly hard. And when he first moved into refuge, he was very... Um, uh, very non-verbal didn't, didn't really speak at all would often have tantrums would often um, express his anger and frustration um, and it was very difficult for his sister as I mentioned before children having sleeping problems who were sharing a room together um, his sister was having a lot of nightmares she was having a lot of trouble getting to sleep and then having nightmares when she did um, and mum felt that this was partly because of um, her son's difficulty sleeping as well and the noises that he'd made in the night and things like that. So for this family, it was really hard to be um, to be displaced and in, in temporary accommodation. And knowing the effects on mm. children in particular mm. of experiencing that trauma, but also the effects of being uprooted, like that must be massive. Because I think societally, there's still a massive emphasis on why doesn't she leave? Why mm. doesn't family leave that abusive situation instead of why doesn't he leave? Why yeah. doesn't he stop the abuse? What's being done to make them safe in their home? And I think looking at how it massively impacts children kind of brings that home for me. Well, I think more could be done for um, to help women and children to be able to stay in their own homes rather than making them homeless. Um, and this isn't my area of expertise at all, but m- yeah. more to be done so that perpetrators are the ones who have to who have to move out and experience yeah. that that loss rather than the particularly rather than the children yeah um i think one way of helping with that is a lot of 
um, more specific domestic abuse training for professionals yeah. around this. So um, for housing officers, for social workers, for um, perhaps for police as well. Um, and then in, in the wider area as well, more training for schools and um, others working with children so that they can recognise some of the effects um, on the child recognise and, and be able to deal with some of those some of those effects as well. I think a lot of professionals um, working with children might feel quite scared when they hear their child has experienced domestic abuse and not know how to um, how to deal with that or how to help them. So I think more training in general of everyone working with children yeah. and young people specifically around domestic abuse would be a really useful. Useful. Yeah, yeah, because it is a big thing to take into consideration. You know, taking your children, um, uprooting your children into another another place, another area, or another, potentially another school. Mm. Well, that it does have a massive effect, and we do need to really think about that um, before before always asking why doesn't she leave. It is a it mm. is a huge effect, yeah. and it is something that stops um, women leaving or victims leaving men as well. Um, is the idea of uprooting their whole family, of being made homeless, of having to shift their entire lives. Mm. Um, it sounds like a big ask. Yeah, yeah. And it takes it can take a long time for for families to re be able to resettle, for them yeah. to perhaps find new accommodation, particularly um, at a time of you know a housing crisis and in areas where housing's in such strong demand. It can take. Um, we had families in refuge for up to 18 months and that's a yeah. huge sacrifice to go through um, before you know before being able to resettle and to start to build your life up and again are they then moved into temporary accommodation or permanent accommodation or did it vary would they uh, move into their home it varied it varied a lot a lot of um, women in refuge would go onto the council housing list which can take a really long time to right. to be housed um, for some that was then you know a long term solution for others they wanted to um, or you know had to leave refuge and so would go into into other temporary um, accommodations we had several families who had been from one refuge to another um, right. so you know really feeling those effects twice three times wow. um, of, of that of being uprooted in that way so yeah it varied with with different families what do you think needs to change in that regard so that women and, and children aren't moving from emergency accommodation to emergency accommodation so that they have, I guess, a secure home? Um, I think um, something that would really help was for all um, victims of domestic abuse and their children, those families, to be automatically placed in the highest banding of council housing um, so that they they were um, found accommodation uh, quicker. Um, And then for... Um, in the private rental sector for it to be made easier for families um, to find homes through stricter, I think, legislation um, mm. on, on private rentals to enable secure homes as well for families. So many private rentals are only a one-year lease and so a family, you know, can within then be uprooted again and that's a, that's a problem across the, the board in terms of housing mm. that we need to have more secure rental um, for families and for everyone, really. Definitely. So we, we talked about what you think ideally a refuge should look like um, to kind of consider children and how they're constructed and developed. What else do you think needs to be done to support children who are affected by domestic abuse and homelessness? 
So the two things that I think are most important for children um, affected by domestic abuse are, first of all, feeling safe and secure. So after um, traumatic experiences, to then be able to uh, live in a safe and secure place. Mm-hmm. Um, so tackling the issue of homelessness. And then for children to have... Um, a safe space um, to explore and understand um, what's happened. So I think it's really important um, that there's further funding for children's services that are specifically um, uh, for domestic abuse victims who are children. So Mm. really a a strong understanding, for professionals to have a strong understanding of what that means, of what they've been through, um, and for there to be funding for them to have... um, safe spaces to explore those or safe group programs or one-to-one um, for them to be able to to understand what they've been through. Yeah, so it sounds like not just think that once a child is in safe new accommodation away from the perpetrator that they're, they're fine mm. to really reflect on what that trauma, how that trauma impacted on them and how they can address it yeah we get referrals from children who were you know perhaps the abusive relationship ended many years ago and they're still feeling the effect so it really shows that if we don't um have a space to process those feelings um at some point and hopefully as soon as we're ready to Mm. um they can be still felt in a much longer term um in in a you know for many years to come so it's important that those spaces are provided because otherwise we're just adding to our um, the mental health crisis of young people and then of adults mm. um, if we don't address those as soon as we're as soon as the child or young person feels ready to so to be addressed by a specialist who has a good understanding of, of children's needs and but also around domestic abuse mm, as well yeah, and exactly. how to address that yeah it sounds like that's a lot of what what you guys are doing now yeah, so that's what we, we um, provide through our one-to-one sessions with children and also our group work. Um, we aim to provide that space as, as specialist um, professionals um, to give children that opportunity to explore um, what abuse is and why it's wrong and then any feelings that emerge from that mm. um, alongside it. Great. Sounds like you're doing good work. Thank you for speaking with me. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about Safe Lives Spotlight on domestic abuse and homelessness, please go to our website, safelives.org.uk, where we will be uploading new content every week from different experts between the 7th of August through to the 15th of September. And we want to hear from you. We need your views, experiences and practice or tips. So join the conversation on Twitter with the hashtag SafeAtHome and get involved on the Safe Lives community. Thank you.